2: Cincinnati Bengals bounced back on offense in a big way in Arizona. And while the defense was a roller coaster ride, we'll talk about the specifics of the ups and downs and the adjustments the Bengals made on offense and what can translate going forward this season.
1: You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: What up Bengals fans and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host Jake Lisco joined today by Mike Santagata who you can find on Twitter at Bengals underscore stands for our weekly film review and there's a lot of good to talk about in this game. Arizona Cardinals not a great football team but there were some schematic changes we saw and some players that stepped up on the defensive side of the ball and despite some some downs in the middle of the game on defense where they had some tackling issues. They gave us some explosive plays. There were some adjustments. So, we're going to talk about everything that they changed this week and what looks sustainable, what they can build on from here and get a, a positive momentum rolling off of a positive week five performance. This episode of Locked On Bengals is brought to you by the Game Time app where you can create an account and use promo code LOCKED ON NFL for $20 off your first purchase, last minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed. And if you're new to the show, you can find us on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast. We'll have you covered every day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And if you subscribe, you can become a member of that first listen club. Those of you who make us your first listen every day and all the everydayers who don't miss an episode, we appreciate every single one of you sticking with us as we keep you updated on all things Bengals. And Mike, we're going to start, of course. With the Cincinnati Bengals offense and yesterday in our post-game show we spent a lot of time talking about the individual prowess and performances and mastery displayed by Joe Burrow who took a massive step in his calf recovery doing some things we haven't seen from him before and Jamar Chase who was simply the majority of the Cincinnati Bengals offense against the Cardinals and we'll talk about what the Bengals did. To to help facilitate and run the offense through Jamar Chase, which is certainly something that is a nice thing to have in your back pocket when you're missing T. Higgins. But let's start big picture with this offense. Saw a little bit more pistol this week, especially to close the game. Saw some other receivers getting used. Trent Irwin obviously stepping up in the place of T. Higgins. But structurally, what were the big adjustments you saw this week that you thought were successful wrinkles the Bengals put in against Arizona?
0: another play action game is better uh their play action game actually threatened down the field obviously you've got the deep post to jamar chase on the heat concept where it, one of burrow's best throws he may have ever made Uh 63-yard touchdown to him in stride down the field but there are other play action concepts throughout the game that just worked better or they took shots down the field or at least they threatened down the field and for the first time maybe all year the offense didn't feel so claustrophobic where everything was within 15 yards even play action concepts they're running hinges at like 15 to 20 yards they were actually willing to open things up in this game uh to go with that and this is kind of also the jamar chase usage thing but they're tied together he had a bunch of catches uh when they ran play action and slide concept which is when they'll have the run action go one way and then have somebody sneak across slide across the line the other way for just a little dump off in the flat that got a free 10 plus yards for them as well and chase doing that on the ball is really difficult and shows some of his some of his ability that people don't notice where he's able to get behind the line and then still be able to get full speed down there and be able to run after the catch thought they ran some art but they ran more RPOs, more access stuff because the Cardinals were giving it to was also a reason that they weren't going to play press with their corners. So they were a little scared of the deep ball. They still got hit by the deep ball, but they wanted to play off and that just gave them so many opportunities to just catch the ball, just grip it and rip it to Jamar chase to Trent Irwin sometimes to Tyler Boyd on a, on occasion but just it's there. That's what the access RPO means. Like there's access so I can throw it. Uh, other than that, they pulled the guard sometimes. I thought their play action was just really well constructed in this game. You know, not just the route concepts, but also sometimes they pulled the guard and really draw those guys in. Sometimes they slid the entire line, just like that slide concept. And Heat came, the deep ball that Jamar Chase came off of the, another slide look where they slid the whole line to sell zone action. Uh, it was very, even though the run game wasn't perfect, they were able to threaten them with the play action, get everybody to bite and work down the field with it. So that to me was the biggest difference. They also, for the first time this year, ran halfback draw, which I've been yelling <laughs> for them to do all year. It only gained six yards, but I was so happy when I saw Burrow fake, like look to pass and then hand it off. I was like, Oh man, for a team that passes all 60% of the time, 70% of the time, like this seems like such a, an easy call, but they finally got to it.
2: How much of that is the way the Cardinals were playing defense against the Bengals. It was something that I noted when, when talking about Jamar Chase, two of the games where he's had the most success against teams that love to run a lot of quarters. And, you know, you think about Jamar Chase in week three, it was a, it was a Jamar Chase heavy game plan Uh, in terms of scheme, in terms of getting him the ball in in space against the Rams, and and a lot of similarities to me in terms of how they used Jamar Chase uh, in, in week five against the Cardinals. A few more screens in there, and I think all but one of Jamar's catches went for a first down. So effective, if not explosive, screen game from the Bengals this week, which is a step in the right direction. I think they've shown a little bit of progress in the screen game this year overall, actually, when I reflect on it. Obviously, they... They hit that deep
0: shot as well. The the ten yard speed outs on the access RPOs are things that I don't think that I saw in the week three game against the Rams, even though they were working some of that access stuff. That you know, that just utilizes the speed to be able to make a 10 yard out before the offensive line works to the second level. And I thought that was interesting. Also putting him at number three and trips to get him on the safety and just moving him all around like that, not just to the backfield because that backfield stuff is it's there. Sometimes it does some stuff for screens and can pull players in, but the uh, I thought where they moved him on the line was Mm -hmm. more important in this game. Well, in that
2: backfield motion where they ran screens on both sides of the formation, throw it out to Mixon for a could have been touchdown, utilizes the the as you've termed mm-hmm. it in the past, gravity of Jamar Chase gravity. to to help pull some of those backside defenders over toward Chase's side of the field. Then they throw behind him with a little bit of that that gravity pulling defenders away from the screen. But what what I was starting with was was is it is it a coverage thing? Like the Cardinals are playing off, they're playing quarters a lot, they're playing you know, maybe a little bit of six clouding Jamar a little bit. They're, they're obviously moving him around and, and making sure that they're adjusting to the defensive adjustments. But what, what, what's different about, you know, week three and week five that have been so successful with Jamar versus other weeks.
0: Yeah. Some of that's coming from the off quarters. I mean, the Ravens play a lot of quarters too, although they mix it up with a lot more, you know, middle of the field, close looks and they, tr- they can trust their guys a little bit more to hold up than I think the Cardinals did, even though they were banged up. Uh, So I think that feeds into it. I also think that Burrow's ability to throw the ball feeds into it and how much they can trust the offensive line and protection feeds into it a lot. Just in terms of I I don't think that Jamar Chase gets phased out of single high games because in 2021, that's how he ate. That's (laughs) that's how he did everything was just working down the field against single high. seems like in 2022 that kind of built in how he's able to beat cloud and beat quarters and beat these two high looks where there might be a safety helping out to his side Uh, I think he's a pretty complete player I don't think that the offense really should struggle to feature him throughout the game uh, no matter what the defense is playing but I do think that the reason he had so many catches and so many yards is because of how off the Cardinals and scared the Cardinals played of his speed just giving all of that access stuff it's just it's so easy when you have a guy that can run after the catch like chase to just flip it out there. He makes a guy miss and it's eight, nine, 10 yards uh, when it's just as simple as catch the ball and throw it. And sometimes there's not even blocking over there. Sometimes he's just standing there. There's nobody else. Mm-hmm. And he just makes the first guy miss and moves on.
2: Yeah. That's, the beauty of having players like Jamar Chase, like the Bengals are going to see in a couple of weeks in San Francisco with Brandon Ayuk and, and Debo Samuel. And you think about Miami's offense with the guys they have that can catch the ball and make things happen after the run. Think about a lot of the Shanahan offenses that are successful, actually. And they have numerous of those dynamic playmakers like Chase. And when the Bengals can get Chase going like those guys can get going, where there are multiple weapons like that in those other offenses, that has spelled success for the Cincinnati Bengals. Coming up next, let's talk about some of the improvements we saw from the Bengals offensive line in week five. And can't ignore Joe Burrow. I know we talked about it a lot yesterday in the postgame show, but there were some massive stats from Joe Burrow that went in the right direction in terms of health. We'll talk about his game as well coming up next. Today's episode of Lockdown Bengals is brought to you by the Game Time app, who knows that it shouldn't be stressful when you need to buy tickets for your next big event and they are the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater events near you. So check out the game time app for last minute deals, all in prices. You get views from your seat in the app and their best price guarantee to take guesswork guesswork out of buying tickets. They'll have deals all the way up to the start of the event as well, which is pretty convenient. If you're really trying to go last minute and be spontaneous, I know A lot of people like to be spontaneous in their life. I I think it's a lot of fun. Sometimes you can even get tickets after the event has started. And with that best price guarantee, if you find tickets in the same section and row for less elsewhere, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Download the GameTime app today and create an account using promo code LockedOnNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Some terms do apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code LockedOnNFL. For $20 off, download the GameTime app for last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Mike, let's talk Joe Burrow. We saw him do a number of things this week. I don't think we've seen him do at a high level this year. One, I think it's velocity on some tight window throws was better than we've seen it all year. Maybe we saw some flashes of it for, for actually a number of these things that we're going to talk about. We saw some flashes of it in week two in the second half, but I think this was the most consistent we've seen. And we saw pocket movement. We saw him evade direct sack attempts and set up blocks to buy time in the pocket. We talked about that yesterday on the show or two, two of those touchdowns come on him, extending the play in the pocket. One of them, rolling right, one of them just stepping around, a pressure-winning inside against Jonah Williams. We saw him step into a deep ball and drop it in the bucket with Jamar Chase getting behind coverage. We haven't seen him take very many of those shots, and that was a post. It wasn't a go ball. There, There are some things we saw from Joe Burrow in this game, including processing even. I thought he was processing at a better pace than we've seen him for much of the year. I think his internal clock was better than we've seen it for much of the year, and and one of the highlights that that shows how he's processing to me is a little thing, but on the backside of a screen, he hits Trenton Irwin on what looks like one of those access plays you talked about, where Irwin you know sits down six seven yards downfield, they get an easy first down off of it. You think that that Burrows, barring further setback, pretty much Joe Burrow again.
0: Yeah, I do. I mean, a lot of things you mentioned. I'm glad you mentioned the clock thing, because it felt like his internal clock was so sped up the past couple of weeks. And some of that's just he doesn't trust the calf to be able to move around stuff. Maybe also those guys had a defensive line advantage where they didn't have it in this game. But the clock just felt like he was confident that he could, one, buy time if he needed to and work out of structure. But two, he could go one to two to three to check down where I think this entire year, he's kind of gone one to two. Okay. I got to check this down. And it happened last year too, when he missed all of training camp and it kind of was around the saints game where he kind of felt like, okay, I think the clock is finally correcting itself, setting itself. And he's not too sped up. He's not too slow on when he needs to get rid of this ball. Uh, The processing sure, the deep balls and the, and the um, velocity for sure. I think everything you mentioned positive. I think there's one thing, that is not there yet, and that's why I'm like, he's like 95, Mm -hmm. 90% there, is actually, it's something small, but actually, Mark Sanchez, up and down broadcaster in that game, but I like that he brought it up, and it was uh, outside throws, and he was talking about throwing to his left and having to swing the leg wide open and really drive off the back leg and get that ball out there we saw him skip an outside throw to the left we saw a few outside throws end up inside which is Mm -hmm. the big no because those are that's how you get pick sixes and he had one he had a pick dropped even though he had a pick that wasn't really his fault get caught uh kind of evened out i guess but i i think that's the last part is just those and it's not a velocity thing. I think it's just an accuracy thing right now. He's on the very outside the numbers out routes and he threw plenty of them accurately and on time Mm -hmm. and perfect, but just a few of them, just leaving them inside or skipping them or just not being as accurate as I expect. So that's the one thing I'm kind of looking for moving forward in, in terms of like, okay, maybe this wasn't even a calf thing, but I'm kind of putting it there just because it, it feels like Occam's razor answer of the easiest excuse when i've seen him in the past is just can he hit these outs he's kind of on time although maybe a little bit late on some of them but can he hit them Mm. right where he needs to outside and not leave anything inside
2: for those who don't know occam's razor is essentially whatever the most obvious answer is to a question is probably correct a lot of the time and even if it's not directly the calf it, it could very well just be the missed time because we know that burrow at this point Is a quarterback who needs time on task to have that clock going at the right pace to work out little idiosyncrasies with his receivers with his own mechanics especially now dealing with an injury to figure some of those things out and as you pointed out it was more of a consistency thing on the outside throws where he had a couple of errors particularly to the right side even though sanchez was talking about the left side in the game um it was, it was to the right side where the one that should have been intercepted and, and could have been a, a pretty bad play for this team, a, a little bit of a gifted drop from, from the Arizona Cardinals there. But um, he also ran the ball well on, on a couple of occasions, like he was confident enough to step up and run. So if we start to see that, and that's why I tweeted during the game, he's so close to looking like himself because when he is himself, he he's not missing like those those accuracy misses where he leaves the, the outbreaker inside is like once every three weeks, not a couple times in a game kind of thing. It's just like the frequency at which we see those errors. I think another thing that, that was pretty impressive in this game, and this is my segue to the offensive line, is that he was able to get to a couple backside digs. And maybe they're backside basics, uh depending on the, the depth of the routes, but you could probably count on both hands the amount of times Joe Burrow is able to read the front side of a concept and, and sit in the pocket and actually get to the backside without having to check it down and hit the backside end breaker. And he hit, I think it was Jamar and T on two separate occasions, or sorry, TB. T wasn't playing. I just think T and dig go together quite frequently. Uh, but Jamar and TB on two separate occasions on the backside dig, which one tells you about his clock and his confidence in the pocket and his pocket feel and awareness. And two, Tells you that outside of a couple of stunt pickups that are problems that have plagued this offensive line for too many years in Cincinnati, the offensive line held up pretty well for a lot of this game. And it's been pointed out that all of his touchdowns were on long developing plays. What do you think of the offensive line and pass protection this week?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's hard to, to talk about without talking about the stunts that kind of killed the left side a little bit. I don't think they really got the right side very often. I know Jonah got beat inside once or twice, and uh, well, that's just Jonah Williams at this point, right? Like, <laughs> the inside, he gives it up sometimes. Um, the uh, Orlando, you're hoping for a better performance. Uh, just It wasn't terrible. I think when you go back and watch, like, he, he wins a lot of the time, but, mm-hmm. you know, you can't give up a dominant sack to Dennis Gardick when you're, you know, one of the highest paid guys in the league.
2: Gardeck has been very good this year, but this is Dennis Gardeck, who nobody knew his name, I guarantee you, listening to this podcast before this season, unless one of Dennis Gardeck's friends is listening to this podcast. And Travis Gibson, who played three snaps in that game last week, and it's just, this week it was just that little crossover move that got him starting inside, and he couldn't recover to the outside. Last week it was Travis Gibson running the arc, need him to be a little bit better and and that has been a problem it almost looked like he was expecting a chip but i think he just got juked
0: yeah he already sets short uh what he does and then he tries to use his strength to kind of pull pull guys around the outside because he likes to protect inside and through his body the most and kind of give up the outside which is almost uh, jonah almost invites like i'm going to overset a tiny bit and try to wash you inside Orlando does the opposite like i'm going to try to get you to go outside i'm going to run you around 10 12 yards Mm -hmm. because i think that that you know, you'll go right around the pocket type thing. And he's just got two weeks in a row, just Gardeck actually shortened the corner when he already sets kind of short. So that was a real big, you know, win move from him. Um, It's just little thing that I think uh, is interesting to watch with Orlando Brown is can he keep short setting and work guys around the end of the pocket when they know that's kind of his weak point right now Um, to go with it. I mean, Volson was Volson. I don't think he struggled like physically with the guys too much. I think it was just, he was at fault, not at fault, but at least half at fault or maybe just there on some of these stunts that happened and he got picked or he gave up a pick and the pick being um, the penetrator on the stunt hitting the offensive lineman that he wants Mm -hmm. to hit. So that frees up the looper. I want to shout out Alex Kappa though. Awesome game from him. I know it's not the highest level of competition, but I think PFF said zero pressure, zero sacks, and true. And he had some dominant wins, too. It wasn't just holding up. It was he's seven yards away from the quarterback and then finishing the guy with a snatch trap on his face all the way out there, too. So he's not kind of running into Burrow's legs which some people get upset about with the snatch trap. It's like, no, he's like seven yards away, so there's no issue there. I, I just think he had a really good game in pass protection, and he's had a little bit of a slow start to the year. So maybe this is his ability to turn it around, or maybe it has to do with the defense he faced or a little bit of both. I think I think it's just worth talking about because he, he was really good in this game.
2: Yeah, shout out Alex Kapper for sure. And the interior in general looked mostly better this week outside of those stunts. They're more challenging defensive interiors coming in the near future for the Bengals. So we'll we'll deal with those when we come to them. Let's talk a little bit about the run game and then get to this up and down day for the defense to finish the show Coming up next. Today's episode of Locked Bengals is brought to you by FanDuel, who will help you snap into the action this NFL season and is, of course, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers will get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. That's free money to bet with with FanDuel when you place a $5 bet. $200 in bonus bets for a $5 bet sounds like a pretty good deal to me, and that's whether you win or lose that $5 bet. So if your confidence is kicking up in the Bengals after they've had a very eerily similar start in many ways, not all the ways I acknowledge, but many ways to 2022 when they rattled off that huge winning streak down the stretch and you want to get in at the action with FanDuel, they'll make it easy. You can bet on spreads, players, props over unders and so much more. So visit, visit slash locked on NFL to kick off the NFL season FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Mike, let's talk about this running game really quick before we pivot to the defense. Wanted to go straight into the defense in our final segment of the show. But as we do, we talk about the offense a little bit longer and, and there's a lot to talk about there. But the defense, some, some of the same issues showed up. They, they had the tackling issues show up in the middle of the game. They lost the ball a couple of times. But while that felt pretty bad in the moment, it was only three drives and outside of that, They got their hands on a lot of passes, had two interceptions, and had three more that could have been picked. You got the Trey Hendrickson strip sack. You got Trey Hendrickson absolutely taking over a game. Again, two and a half sacks, including the strip sack. He would have nine sacks on the year, I think, in official NFL stats if he didn't have three erased by penalty, which is kind of crazy to think about. 33% of his sacks have been erased by penalty this year. But there's some good things on this defense, too. Uh, DJ Turner, Trey Hendrickson, I think two of those examples, some up-and-down spots, Nick Scott, Jordan Battle uh, rotating a little bit. I I think that's interesting. But uh, quick thoughts on the running game, which had a couple of nice plays. You mentioned the draw play was more diverse, but not necessarily as as effective as you might have hoped against the Arizona front.
0: Yeah, um, so the run game, I thought they added what we – thought they were going to add the entire time in what uh, the uh, G Y counter. And they also ran what's called G F counter, which would be the adjuster, which was the slot, which was Yosivas in that case. But basically the running counter, which they ran a ton in the preseason and thought it was going to be a big part of this. And then they kind of went away from it. Um, The run game itself. while Not very great. It was almost like last year in terms of the success rate was still up in the sixty third, sixty fourth percentile, which is mm. fine. You know, yeah. like the, they were able to keep them on schedule a little bit, and that's despite Mixon having what those four carries. I don't think any of those kind of successful runs at the goal line. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I thought the running game. I like the design more this week than I have in the past when it's been better, just because they got to more stuff that seems like stuff they should keep getting to this year. Now, I think that's with the caveat of they tried to run wide zone a lot again, and it just reminded me of, oh, yeah, they're bad at that. (laughs) They're just not a wide zone team. So when they got the pistol and ran wide zone, it wasn't very good. Even when they ran shotgun wide zone, that's really hard on the running back wasn't very good um but when they ran other stuff when they try to run downhill this gap stuff they ran one back power it was great uh they ran the draw play they ran duo a lot tight zone that's kind of their two big plays their staples of this offense but then they got to that counter play like i talked about Mm. and you know some of it's there i think the run game is coming together both mixon kind of had his worst game even though i thought he was pretty good in this game he was just on a heater the past four weeks uh can he get back to that early performance with this new wrinkles with the new wrinkles in the run game? And can they make it as efficient as possible? Uh, That'll be interesting to look at, but yeah, I I like the run game and they added some interesting wrinkles.
2: I'll say this. They, they do need another running back. Yeah. Wherever that comes from, whether that's chase Brown, whether that's Chris Evans, we all saw Joe burrow lose his mind a little bit after Travion Williams missed the check to the running play. And uh, He
0: pancaked a guy instead of taking the hand. He pancaked the defender. Yeah,
2: not good, though, regardless. I mean, great <laughs> that he pancaked a guy who was very confused, probably, as Joe Burrow was on that play. Uh, they, they reconciled, it appeared, walking back to the locker room after the game, but that is not going to win you points, and, and those points are trust from the offensive staff and from your quarterback. So So probably need a little bit more from the running back position in general. And, and I think missing a player that can do at least what Samajé Piran can do, missing some explosion at that position, which is just what we talked about all year at that spot. And and that is the way – sorry, all offseason, and that's the way it's been playing out this season. Uh, let's pivot and, and finish on the defense. And I'll, I'll just kind of let you talk about what you liked, what you didn't like to start because – I kind of talked about some of the things that I thought were interesting. So why don't you build on
0: that? I thought the pressure design and everything Lou through like uh, exchange pressures or creepers, or when they went full zero or when they showed pressure and they just dropped everybody out. I thought he did a really good job of that. Uh, You can think back to the second play of the game where they got a a sack off of a, a boot concept where they sent Dax Hill. They set the safeties a lot in this game and sometimes two safeties. I'm not I'm not sure if it was always both safeties or I think there were a lot of three safety sets with Jordan battle and Nick Scott and Dax Hill. And there was something battle and Scott at times, including the battle play where he ends up really good play from him, where the um, Josh Dobbs is trying to throw the ball and he attacks that throwing arm so that he can't finish the throw. I think that's kind of like a savvy vet play. And that's kind of what you hear about Jordan battle where he's, he's more mature than uh, a lot of rookies. And he was, coming out of college mm-hmm. you know not perfect but i think there are there moments in this that i thought like okay jordan battle you know i think he's playing better in this game than he did in the preseason which limited role for the most part uh not he had so great on run. that
2: one touchdown where he's playing from free from free safety single high no, safety, that's of, safety
0: that's kind of the issue too with him playing single high safety where that's why nick scott is in there so much because he's more comfortable doing that because he did that for the rams a lot and he's just more athletic as well um but I do think – I think you give kudos where it is. Jordan Battle mm-hmm. did play pretty well throughout the game. Um, Nick Scott, up and down. It, he just misses too many tackles. Yeah, I've been a Nick Scott de- truther, defender. I think he gets scapegoated. I think he's fine in coverage. Like, I think people blame anything deep on him, which is where I, I think I developed the defensive nature with him. It's like, it's not on him, uh, but – he's just he misses so many tackles he's missed so many tackles already this year that if he doesn't miss a single tackle the rest of the year i feel like it's still what he's got to be up with like seven missed tackles on his own i don't have the numbers in front of me it just feels that way where it's at least a missed tackle per game and i think that's also why they kind of brought jordan battle in for that one drive was just they're running the ball really well let's let's make sure we get some sure tackling well it was really two explosive runs
2: for the cardinals and i know you can't mm-hmm. just erase them but outside of the reverse that was in reverse oh, that yeah. bamboozled the defense and one james connor explosive i think it was like 3.3 yards per carry outside of those two the bengals did get a fourth down run stuff on josh dobbs on on i don't i actually don't remember i, I have not actually gotten to the defense yet so i don't recall what that was but josh Dobbs is running outside and the bengals cleaned out of there a couple fourth down stops in this game, in fact. So while it wasn't all bad, what, what are your takeaways from the run D? Because Seattle's a team that's going to want to run the ball a lot. That is that is certainly their identity uh, on offense. It starts with the run game for them. And then you got San Francisco the following week and all the nightmarish matchup issues that San Francisco presents. We'll talk about those in a couple of weeks. But well, what did you take away for those, this run defense that has not – necessarily been what we thought it would be with so much continuity up front
0: well this cardinals offense was top five and run and like almost every run efficiency so i know people are going to kind of poo-poo it's like the cardinals this cardinals team ran pretty well against the cowboys ran ran pretty well against the 49ers so they were doing against difficult teams too uh they were solid i think in overall it was good run defense and dj reader had a couple reps that were vintage dj reader in this game that i'm sure i'll tweet out on my uh, twitter account but um it just feels like they give up at least they've been got bamboozled by a trick play five weeks in a row now yeah so they need to figure that out but it's always the contain and backside that's giving up these explosive plays it's not like the cardinals were james connor hit it out the front gate and went 45 yards on power right through the a gap it's he gets the ball and it's screwed up on the play side and then he cam sample misreads the mesh point and yeah. then Conner has um the movie hero run where he hits a spin move and he trucks a guy and he stiff arms a guy and he jukes a guy it's like he did With every spin move.
2: move off his own lineman yeah yeah
0: he did everything on that so uh yeah i think overall the run defense in this one may be more confident that they're kind of piecing it together but i'm still not fully there yet because there are some tough opponents coming up and could this have been just the defensive line being better than their offensive line which may not always be the case and hasn't been the case for a lot of this year at least they haven't played that way even if on paper that's the advantage uh i feel like we can't get out of here though without talking some dj turner right
2: yeah, I was gonna shout out Trey Hendrickson again because he was great in, in the yeah. pass rush. I, I mean, this has been a, a brief conversation on the fringes of Bengals Twitter, but just gonna say this that that he is, I think, easily a top ten edge ed rusher in the league, like on the on the fringe of the top five. And and if it's just straight pass rush, he he's definitely in that conversation. I think that you know, Bosa, Parsons, Garrett, Watt. And then you can have a debate uh, probably uh, Crosby, Max Crosby in, in Vegas is, is probably there, but like, I think that's a conversation at least a so shout out Trey Hendrickson and yeah, DJ Turner. Um, second best corner on this team, best corner on this team. Uh, I think that's <laughs> potentially a conversation that we're having in the near future was really good. Again, maybe broke a finger <laughs> in the middle of this game and, and came back in, missed maybe one play. Um, but had that great playing coverage to undercut it when Josh Jobs is late rolling out, trying to create after the play, nearly gets a pick, and has a couple of really impressive plays in the run game. And that that is not necessarily what I expected for DJ Turner this year. Th- those impressive plays in the run game with his size limitation, but had some tackles that if he didn't make them as the last guy out there on that edge, those run plays were going a long way.
0: Yeah. He had a few, what are called vice tackles with Pratt where he's outside Pratt's inside and they just make the stop together. But he also was just willing and physical in the run game to mostly take guys out from underneath because of his size, but still make those tackles. Uh, That that was unexpected because even at Michigan, like he wasn't some great run support guy, even against college level players, he gets into this game and it just kind of felt like he's hungry. He wants to show you that, you know, like he's going to do everything for the team. And Some of that run support is just effort, and it's just no play signified it more than there was one rep where he's on the backside. I think it's actually the James Conner run, the long one we talked about. He's Mm -hmm. on the backside of that run, and he gives so much effort to run all the way from the backside, what, 40 yards downfield and all the way across the field to make that tackle. I mean, that's just impeccable effort and doing something that nobody that watched him in college was really expecting to be a strength for him. I think also his strengths from college translated. You talked about that play where he broke the pass up recovery speed and he's a Mm. four, two athlete and he's smooth. So he played the first part of it. Well, it turns into an out of structure play and he just easily catches up, makes up the difference and breaks it up. He throughout this game, I thought was in good coverage position played good alignment knew his assignments he had a he had a, a rep that nobody would see in cover two where he jammed the guy and then sunk and took him away completely uh just you know textbook cover two stuff he did everything and i think that there is a conversation to be had that he was so impressive in this game that man, maybe this was the best performance they've had at corner this season was from him in this game and where do you go from there? Because, you know, Wuzier and Tien are set uh, in their starting positions. Maybe you just feel great about next year of like, well, D.J. Turner's a dude. So we're good next year and we've got great depth now. But it almost feels like he's kind of pushing to be in the lineup more often.
2: Yeah, saw a little bit more out of the defensive line rotation as well. Just a couple of closing thoughts. Saw the most snaps that we've seen from Joseph Osai this year. At 19, didn't really notice him a ton watching live, but he did play more, which is noteworthy, at least. Dax Hill, I think, continuing to show that they're going to be just fine at that position with Dax Hill playing the role he's playing. They need to figure out the free safety part. Maybe that is Jordan Battle long-term, as he had the most snaps he's had in a game as well, I believe. And uh, Jermaine Pratt, quick shout-out for Jermaine Pratt, who – Made that fourth down stop, had a couple of really nice run stops and made that unnecessary but beautiful diving interception on a fourth down play where he got hurt. So hopefully his shoulder's okay. If you watch the post-game celebration in the locker room with Zach Taylor, he says, and you got a shoulder injury when he's giving uh, Jermaine Pratt the game ball that you're going to recover from really quickly. Uh, He didn't miss a play for what it's worth. He was back out there the very next drive. Mike, appreciate it. You can find his work at Bengals underscore Sands on Twitter and the Always Game Day in Cincinnati podcast. Until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. day, and have a good one.